for our good. There is honey in the rock. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need you've got is honey in the rock. Thank you, Jesus. We're praying. the living well only you can satisfy 
the mercy seat I've tasted, it's not hard to see, only you can satisfy, there's honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock, there's honey in the rock. Spirit is bounty in the wilderness. You will always satisfy. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your head. Started flowing when you said that it's done. Everything I did seemed up. Hallelujah. Praying for a miracle. Praying for a miracle. Thirsty for the living. It's not hard to see, only you can satisfy. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock, purpose in your plan, power in the blood.
Good morning. It's so good to see everyone. So good to see you. Amen. Morning, children. You are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Good group. Here we go. Okay, Lord. I want a little of that energy. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Good morning. If you have your Bible, if you would turn to Colossians chapter number one. Chapter number one. As we continue our sermon series from the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter one. And let's begin by looking at verse 13. Verse 13. Talking about Jesus. For he has rescued or delivered us from the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Now we're talking about Jesus now. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created. Things in heaven, on earth, visible things, invisible things. Whether they be thrones or powers, rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. You can't fall apart when Jesus is holding you together. Amen. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether they be on earth in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And God's people said. We're going to talk about crown him Lord of all. And this sermon will stretch about three weeks. So at least three weeks. Crown him Lord of all. Again we're in a series from this book of Colossians. We began a couple weeks ago where Paul gave thanks for the good report he heard about these young Christians. How they had a sincere faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How they had a real love one for another. And how they had a hope that had anchored them to heaven and was motivating them here as they walked here on earth. And then last week we looked at the prayer that Paul prayed for this church. How he prayed that they would walk worthy. That they would be fruitful and strong. That they would grow in the grace and knowledge. That they would grow knowing the Lord and pleasing the Lord. And now the apostle begins to lift up Jesus. Now he begins to exalt the king of kings. And in these few verses that we read, Paul gives one of the greatest declarations of the Lord Jesus in the entirety of the word of God. Remember now the reason for the letter, Paul wasn't trying to show off his um, theological depth. He wasn't trying to prove how deep he could get. No, no, we know he was confronting false teachers and false doctrines that were attempting to depreciate or devalue the person and the work of Jesus Christ and in so doing deceive and confuse the young people and their faith in the Lord. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who he was, and the work of the Lord Jesus, what he did and what he accomplished on that cross. He was obeying Jude's exhortation to contend for the faith. Because you know, friend, what you believe really does matter. It matters what you believe. You see, these false teachers, to them, Jesus, 
He, he wasn't the triumphant redeemer that we sang about. He was not the, the, the only redeemer that we love and we worship. Um, the one of all power and authority. No, he was just to them, he was just one of many spiritual and religious beings that attempted to bridge the gap between God and man. The false teachers and their false doctrines of Paul's day were really not a lot different than those of this day. They will attempt in many ways not to flat out just deny the importance of Jesus, but they will attempt, how can we say it, to dethrone, take him from his rightful place of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that they will somehow try to make him a good man, and a good prophet, but take away the fact that he is God in human flesh. We know the Bible teaches us clearly there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus. The Bible declares clearly there is no other name given from heaven but the name of Jesus to save a sinner from a devil's hell. There is no other way and there is no other person that every one of us will stand before one day but the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Say they might have called him a good teacher. They might have said, well, he, you know, he is a, an enlightened religious leader. They might say he, he's a prophet, maybe even a miracle worker. But they would only consider him one of such prophets, such teachers, such leaders. Therefore, lowering him from his rightful place of honor and glory, of supremacy and absolute necessity. But we know and we must understand that when Jesus Walk the shores of Galilee. The Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of Scripture is so much more than what the false teachers portrayed. When he walked the shores of Galilee, he was God in human flesh. His sinless life and his sacrificial death, friend, it was more than a good teacher dying a martyr's death for a noble cause. It was the sacrifice of heaven dying for the sins of the world. Let there be no doubt he is the only Savior and he is the only mediator between God and man. He is the only creator. He is the only redeemer of mankind. There is none like him. There is none that can be compared to him. Therefore, Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is worthy of all of our honor, of our devotion, of our reverence and of our praise. Can you say amen? amen. Crown him Lord of all. Jesus, and we've said this before, Jesus must be more than prominent. He must be preeminent. He must have first place in our lives. Above all else in worth and in value and in devotion. He better be more than fire insurance because if that's all he is, he won't be fire insurance when you need him. He better be more than just a religious experience that you had 20 years ago. That won't matter in the present hour when you stand him face to face. And as we look at this text this morning, we will see the Apostle Paul is confronting and exposing the false by exalting the true. And our goal is to look at Paul's three arguments and allow them to encourage us and educate us as we grow in the faith. Let the word of the Lord encourage you this morning. Because these verses, these verses speak about the Jesus that is your Jesus. 
This Jesus is your Jesus. This Savior is your Savior. This great salvation is your great salvation. Everything we read, everything we study, it should cause you to rejoice. It should cause your heart to be warm and made glad. Because we're talking about your Savior and your salvation and your eternal life. May it encourage us and may it educate us. Because one of the devil's greatest um, weapons is to keep the Christian ignorant. Keep him um, um, lacking concerning all they have in this great salvation. Both in the privilege and in the responsibility. Both in the blessing, but also in the duty. We think of the book of Daniel. How it tells us that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And God wants us to know and understand the great salvation His Son has given us. Jesus wants us to understand and appropriate and apply to our lives every bit of the salvation that His precious blood purchased for us. So So as as we study study that, let's remember this. Jesus is your Jesus. This salvation is your great salvation. Three thoughts we want to cover these next two or three weeks. Again, as Paul is exposing the lies of these false teachers, and he's teaching this young church about the person and the work of Jesus Christ, he's explained to them who Jesus really was and what Jesus really accomplished for them. Let's take it to heart. Number one, we're going to talk about the Christ, the divine Savior. Christ, the divine Savior. Then secondly, Christ, the eternal creator. And then thirdly, Christ, the builder and the head of the church. He starts out with Christ, the divine Savior. Take a look at verses 13 and 14. As Paul writes, For he has rescued or delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, the false teachers in Paul's day They taught that only those that had special insights and enlightenment could be saved. Um, Those that had their special knowledge, those that had the revelation that they were giving out, that had the experience and practiced their, their rituals, they taught that. It was the task of man to somehow find God. And, um, and, and they, had the, 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 they had the answer to unlock the mystery. They had the secret. And they were actually in some ways insulted by the crude simplicity of Christianity. If you remember on Wednesday night, we talked about uh, 1 Corinthians 1. We talked about how the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. How to those that that are lost, it seems foolish, and it's a stumbling block, and it's an offense, and, and they can't bear it, and they can't understand it. But to us who are being saved, it's our joy, it's our rejoicing, it's our comfort, it's our everything. These teachers taught that men needed a a deeper um, um, revelation, some kind of deeper spiritual knowledge, something, um, um, their mysterious secrets and their um, spooky rituals could bring you into. But Paul, he reveals the truth in the heart of God in these few verses. Paul announces Jesus Christ, not primarily as a great teacher, not primarily as a prophet or a philosopher or even a miracle worker, but a Savior, but a Savior as the one and only Savior. Because let's face it, man's greatest problem is a sin problem. It's our sin that separates us from God. It's our sin that takes us away from the life of God. 
It's our sin that causes us to be condemned by God. But it's the blood of Jesus that brings us back to God. It's the blood of Jesus only that makes us right with God. Can you say amen? You see, there, there can never, ever, ever be a philosophy or a deeper truth and certainly not an evolution that could solve the sin problem because sinners need a Savior and that's what Jesus is and that's what He came to do. Can you say amen? It's so beautiful, the gospel, the, the simple gospel, the, the practical gospel, the life-changing gospel, it centers in a person, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And that person paid a price when He went to the cross and shed His blood and became our sacrifice and took our judgment. That person paid a price, but that price, oh glory be to God, it, it achieved a purpose. It redeemed mankind. It paid the price to bridge the gap. It was the one thing that God the Father accepted that you could be forgiven and I can be forgiven and we can enter into great new life, abundant life. Somebody say amen. In these two verses, Paul gives four vivid pictures that really express and show us some marvelous parts of this great salvation. Four, four pictures of the four saving actions of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And we'll probably just get to two of them. But the first one, notice here in verse 13, for he has rescued us, or he has delivered us from the power or the dominion of darkness. What a beautiful thought. Man could not save himself. Man could not rescue himself from the guilt and from the power of sin. But Jesus could, and Jesus did, and Jesus does. Can you say amen, friend? Jesus saves. Jesus is your answer. If you're struggling with guilt and condemnation, Jesus is your answer. If sin has you entangled and messed up, Jesus is your answer. If you don't know if you're going to heaven, listen, Jesus is your answer. Man couldn't save himself. But thank God Jesus can. And Jesus still does. You and I, before we knew Christ, we were in great danger of spending an eternity apart from God. And contrary to so much of the false humanistic teaching, man could not find God on his own. Man could not reach God on his own. Man could not appease or satisfy the holy demands of God on his own. There is no man that can build a stairway to heaven. You'll, you'll die before you get to floor one. You're not good enough. You, you can't merit it. You can't work it. It's by grace we've been saved. So here Paul begins to announce good news. Good news, good news, good news. You don't need the secrets. You don't need the weird tradition. You don't need some kind of... No, no. You, you can't do it, but God did it. I can't, but God can. I couldn't reach him, so praise God, he came down. He reached me. Aren't you glad he found your hiding spot? Aren't you glad that the amazing grace woke you up and lifted you up and made you brand new? Not by works, lest any man should boast. These false teachers tried to deny the, they tried to deny that God really cared about man. And God, being God, certainly would not lower himself to us. But Paul responds, you've missed it. False teachers, you've missed it. Deceitful prophets, you've missed it. 
Not only does He care, but oh, He came, He came, He came. He came and He walked among us. He came not merely as a teacher, not an angelic being, but God in human flesh. He came, Jesus. What's His name? He came on a rescue mission for you and for me. Let's look at this one supporting verse here. Galatians 1 and 4. It's a supporting verse of what we're studying here. Galatians 1 and 4. Again, here's Paul writing to another church speaking about how Jesus Christ came to rescue us and to deliver us. What a joy this is. Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God and the Father. Notice three beautiful things about the death of Jesus Christ for you. Number one, it was a voluntary death. He came willingly. He came lovingly because He loved you. He knew you, yet He chose you. He understood all about you, every wickedness, every ugliness, but He loved you with an everlasting love. He gave Himself. It was a voluntary death. No one made Him die. Roman soldiers could not force Him to die. He said, this one thing I've received from my Father, He's given me the power to lay my life down. And praise God, the power to lift it up again. When you think about the cross, Remember, it was a voluntary death. He didn't have to go. He didn't need to go for himself. He chose to go because he loved you and desired you and wanted to save you and rescue you. Somebody say amen to that. It was a voluntary death. It was a vicarious death. Let's look. He gave himself for our sins. He gave Himself for our sins. Vicarious means in place of, in substitute of. Jesus had no sin to die for Himself. Amen. But He died for you and He died for me. He took our place on that cross. He shed His precious blood because mine was not precious. He took the punishment of a holy God because I could not bear it being a sinful creature that I am. But His death was not only voluntary. It was a vicarious death. That means when Jesus Jesus died. He died in your place. And He died for me. He died as your substitute. And He died for mine. You don't have to feel condemned. The price was paid by the Son of God. You don't have to feel lacking. The price was paid by the Son of God. You don't have to let the devil beat you up over sin that you've repented of long ago. The price is paid. It was a vicarious death. He died in our place for our stead. Somebody say Amen. This great death was a voluntary death. It was a vicarious death. And it was a victorious death. The Bible says, he just took away my scripture. Don't go too fast on me here. Get back to that Galatians 1 and 4. Hallelujah. He died. Here it is. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. To rescue us. He gave. He gave. Voluntary. Himself vicarious to rescue us. And how many of you know his mission was an accomplishment? His mission was a victory. How many know when he rose again on the third day, that was the sign to heaven and the sign to hell. That salvation plan was accomplished. The victory was won. Up from the grave he arose. We are rescued. We are redeemed. He took us out of the old and he brought us into the new. He forgave the past and he made us brand new. It was a victorious death. Somebody say amen. Oh, hallelujah. On the cross of Calvary, 
when Jesus Christ died in our place for our sin, to overwhelm our guilt, to take away our shame, when He died, Jesus Christ, He dealt with, number one, the penalty of death. He took away that penalty of death. The Bible said, the wages of sin is... But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you received the gift of God? Have you received the gift of God? The Bible says the penalty was death. And I was condemned to die. I was condemned to spend an eternity away from God because I was a sinner and I was a rebel. But oh, Jesus went to that cross in my place to set me free from the penalty that I deserve. He paid the price to free me from the penalty of my sins on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ set you and I free from the penalty of our sins and from the power of our sins. The Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Bible says if you're saved this morning, sin no longer has to have dominion or mastery over you. He broke the power of sin over our lives. On the cross, that blood was shed not the blood of bulls and goats, but the precious blood of Jesus was shed and it broke the power that sin had over us. He rescued us from that dominion. He rescued us from that authority. He took us away from that old slave master and we became citizens of a new kingdom. We became children of a new father. We became sons and daughters of the living Christ. Oh God, on the cross of Calvary, when he shed that blood, Jesus paid the price for you and I. And he set us free from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin. And one glad morning, soon and very soon, he's setting us free from the very presence of sin. How many know there's coming today? I said, how many know there's coming today? Anybody ready? There's coming today. He's taken us to a place. There'll be no more abortion or abandonment. There'll be no more abuse. Oh, no. Oh, no. There'll be no more addiction in that place. There'll be no more violence. There'll be no more vice in that place. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow. Not in that place. He's taken us to a place. There'll be no more prejudice. There'll be no more injustice. He's taking us to a place of perfect peace, of purity, of joy, of gladness from everlasting to everlasting. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. Hallelujah. Paul says he rescued us. He rescued us. Aren't you glad you've been rescued? I don't know about you, but that old kingdom was a hard kingdom. It was a painful kingdom. It was hard and it was harsh. Hell's a tough taskmaster. When we look back in that old kingdom, we think of things with regret, with sorrow, with shame. Come on, say amen. You're in church. Don't lie about it. When we lived that old life and we were captive to that old kingdom under that old dominion, the things we did then make us blush now, make us feel regretful now, make us feel ashamed now. But he took us out of that kingdom. Praise God, I don't belong to that taskmaster anymore. I'm not identified with that old world anymore. And he brought me. He didn't leave me there. He brought me into the kingdom of His dear Son. A loving kingdom. A generous kingdom. A compassionate kingdom. A gentle kingdom. Oh, somebody get excited about Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 
This is your salvation. Oh, yeah, that clock. We, we shoot that thing. Amen. It's a great salvation. I said it's a great salvation. Do you know how wonderful it is the salvation you have? Oh, Lord. See, hell doesn't want you to think it's great. So you live subpar. Hell doesn't want you to know all that Jesus purchased for you. So you accept a subpar Christianity. Amen. Knowledge is power, see. And you get to know what really happened and what really belongs to you. Then you begin to claim those things and walk in those things and enjoy those. Isn't that true? You know that. You wake up, been on that job 10 years. Didn't know, well, we get three weeks off. I've only been taking 10 days off. (laughs) On you, son, you should know what belongs to you. You you can't act on what you don't know. That's why there's Sunday school. Amen. That's why we study the Bible. That's why we want to learn what happened. That's why we want to learn all the wonderful things that happened when Christ died for us. Hallelujah. We're thankful this morning. He came and rescued us. And through that cross, through that cross, you and I have been rescued from the penalty, the power, one glad morning, the presence of sin. He came down, motivated by love and moved by his divine mission to seek and save that which was lost, to rescue you and rescue me. He came for you, but he loved you. He died for you, but he loved you. He reigns on high, but we thank God this morning he didn't stay there. He came down real low to the place of our sorrow, the place of our sin, the place of our brokenness. And he lifted us up and he made us brand new. We thank God for that this morning. Can you say amen? He rescued us. Jesus delivered us, but he didn't stop there. Tell your neighbor he didn't stop there. Verse 13, for he has rescued us. He has. Say he has. Now, not, not he shall, he has. Are you getting that? Some still living like he shall. No, it didn't say he shall. It says he has. Next time hell knocks on your door, say a, a, a new address. I'm under a new jurisdiction. You, you got, you can't, you can't, I'm under a new jurisdiction now. Amen. Devil, you're out of your jurisdiction. I belong to Jesus. For he has. I like has. I'm not waiting for one glad morning. I got a glad morning every morning with Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. But thank God he didn't stop there. You know, you can just set the bunch of prisoners free and just you're on your own now. You know what? They'll be back in prison real quick. You got to take them out and bring them in. You can't just take them out. If all he did is took me out and left me alone, I would have been back in real quick. Amen. <laughs> he would have left me by himself and didn't bring me into something better. Didn't make me someone new. Just a matter of time. I tried turning them old leaves. Amen. That, that, that didn't last till Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I'm back in. Isn't that right? Paul's trying to help them understand this great salvation. For he has rescued or delivered us from... The dominion, the domination of the kingdom of darkness. But didn't stop there. He brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Kingdom of God is a wonderful kingdom. He didn't just rescue us and leave us to wander aimlessly. He brought us into a kingdom. At the time of our conversion, he transferred us over. He reestablished us in a new place under a new authority. He gave us a new citizenship. The kingdom of God 
We're under the rule and the authority of the king of kings now. We're under the benevolent domain and dominion of the Lord Jesus now. And where that old kingdom was hard and harsh, and we still bear the scars of that. We can put makeup on and cover them. We still bear the scars of that. But he brought me into a new kingdom. It's a good kingdom. It's a loving kingdom. It's a compassionate kingdom. It's a kingdom of mercy and truth. It's a kingdom of goodness and kindness. It's the kingdom of his beloved son. Romans 14 and 17. When we speak of the kingdom of God at the present moment, we're speaking of the kingdom that is internal within our hearts and within our lives. There's coming a day when that kingdom will be physical and we'll walk in them streets of gold, etc., etc. But for now, Paul says, the kingdom of God is not about eating or drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is a place where a king reigns. And if Jesus has come into your heart and now he's reigning in your heart, guess what? You've entered into his kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and of joy in the Holy Spirit. That's a right now kingdom. That's a right now kingdom. Oh, mom, that's a right now kingdom. The sovereign rule of the Lord Jesus Christ over our hearts and within us by his spirit. You see this word for translate or brought out. This word back in the day was used to describe the deportation of a population from one country to the other. Back in those days, if one nation conquered another, they would take often the whole population, uproot them and bring them somewhere else. That kept them from rebellion. That kind of threw them off their mark. And it's the same imagery. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness. And totally took us out and brought us into the kingdom of his son. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus didn't just release us from bondage only to leave us empty and wandering without purpose, without meaning, without direction, without a place, without a home. No, no, no. He rescued us from and he brought us into. He rescued us from, again, that hard, harsh kingdom of the world where we look back and there was shame and there was guilt and there was regret but he didn't just take us out and leave us on our own he brought us into a kingdom of righteousness of peace of joy where jesus is lord and the glory of god dwells in our hearts the benevolent rule of the king of kings in our lives you see when, when a person becomes a christian I mean, when a person really gives their life to Christ, sonship brings benefits and privileges and rights and advantages. You know, when you become a citizen of a country, you get the new rights. There's certain things you don't get if you're not a citizen. Isn't that right? But when you become a citizen, we are citizens of heaven. And he rescued us from darkness to light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me doesn't have to stumble in darkness. You can have the light of life. 
when He took us out of that old kingdom of darkness, all of a sudden things made sense. All of a sudden we could see. All of a sudden the things we used to do, we shudder at the thought of even doing them again. We see how foolish they are. And now we can walk without falling every other day. Now we can walk and enjoy and understand God and our meaning and our purpose. He delivered us. He brought us out of darkness into light. He took us out of slavery and into freedom. That's what redemption's all about. That's emancipation. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the things that used to entangle us, the things that used to embarrass us, those things hold us no more. Aren't you glad He set you free from those things? The things that we used to be ashamed of, they don't control us anymore. They don't condemn us. I'm free! He took us from condemnation to forgiveness. The debt's been canceled because the price has been paid. And the pardon has been granted. And we stand righteous before the living God. He delivered us from the power of Satan to the power of God. Citizens of a new country with a new master, a new Lord under a new jurisdiction. Blessed be his name. Hallelujah. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Well, I see, I see new jurisdiction. Amen. I see a citizen of mine. God knows those that are His. And I treat them differently. And I watch over them better. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. This is like the children of Israel. You, you remember how God brought them out of Egypt? He brought them out of slavery. He brought them out so He could bring them in. He brought them out of slavery, out of bondage, out of shame. That he might bring them in to a land flowing with milk, into a promised land, into inheritance. The wilderness wasn't God's will. That was just something they went through for a short season on their way to the inheritance. Unfortunately, they got stuck. Unfortunately, some Christians get stuck. They came out, but they haven't entered in. They came out, but they're still kind of wandering. And that wandering phrase is supposed to last 30 years, 40 years. It's just a short season on the way to something better, on the way to maturity, on the way to victory. And the wilderness wasn't God's will. He had more. He had more for them, just like he has more for you and he has more for me. Friend, don't be satisfied with just a shallow Christian experience. Press in, reach for that deeper, stronger, fuller experience that God desires for all of His people, that God is willing to give to all that will seek Him and draw close to Him. We can grow. You can grow. We can all grow in God. God doesn't have a class A and class B and class C citizens. Whosoever will, you can grow. You can mature. You can walk close to Jesus. You can overcome. You can get filled afresh. When a person... Let's learn what belongs to us and then learn what's expected of us and walk in it. When a person receives Jesus, it's more than just being forgiven. It's more than just being rescued. You receive a new life, a new promise, a new position, a new status, a new privilege, a new standing. Bless the Lord of my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all of his if you don't know your benefits you won't claim your benefits isn't that right if you don't know what belongs to you you won't lay claim to what belongs to you isn't that right 
So hell will do anything it can not to let you know what you have in Christ and what you can do in Christ and what you can obtain through that blood of Christ. When we placed our faith in Christ, when a person sincerely came and gave their life to Christ, we are instantly, instantly rescued and delivered. Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone is in Christ, he is, not he shall be. If any man's in Christ, if any woman is in Christ, sincerely you've come to Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not there shall be one day. He is. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. They have become new. They not shall be now. It's a present miracle. True salvation. A present miracle. But then we begin to learn. Then this salvation. Present miracle. You come in the worst sinner in the world. Hear the gospel. If you respond sincerely, that moment, you'll be as saved as anyone's been saved all their life. You're saved. Salvation's an instant miracle. Now, sanctification. Growing in this thing. Lifelong process. Are you with me? Are you with me? This is where we get stuck. A lot of people truly got saved. Really, I believe that. They, they love the Lord. They gave their heart to God. But now, to grow in this thing, that's a process. That takes a partnership. You and the Holy Ghost got to work on this thing together. Amen? He, he's available. If you don't do your part, you're going nowhere. Isn't that true? We've all seen people had great potential, but they never developed that potential. Amen? It could be sports. It could be, uh, tech, it could be something techy. Someone had a musical gift. Anyone can have a gift. But that gift just stays that way unless there's work at it, unless there's a process and a development and a deepening in that thing. Salvation, it's a miracle, instant, instantaneous miracle. If you don't know Christ, you can know Christ, you can receive Christ and instantly. Know that you're going to heaven. Instantly become a child of God. But the process of growth is a lifelong endeavor as we walk with him and go from faith to faith, level to level. Glory to glory. So, therefore, believers, we found out we have, we have been rescued out of. He has brought us into. I belong to a new king now. Amen. Uh, I'm a new citizen now. I got to start learning about this new kingdom. Amen. I got to start learning about the rules of this new king now. I got to learn how to walk in this thing here now. Therefore, believers do not need deliverance from the dominion of sin and Satan. We got that. If you come to Christ, whom the Son sets free. What we need is to act as those who have been delivered. It was very easy to take this message and have us run in the aisles. I like to run the aisles. Amen. I mean, if you can't preach about salvation, you ought to turn in your preaching card and go, go do something else. I mean, this is, this is a preach by itself. Amen. There's a, when you're talking about our salvation and our savior, I mean, whoo, hallelujah. I want to get beyond the, the great miracle of salvation and hopefully we, we can walk away. I'm going to give you something to chew on here because I want to help you in the walk of your sanctification. Thank God we got salvation. But the Lord would have us to grow in our sanctification. 
It's in that sanctification you learn how to enjoy this peace that passes understanding. You learn how to lay claim to the benefits that belong to you. You learn how to walk above things that will try to ensnare you. You learn to become the one God has chosen and called you to be. Mm. We need at this time to believe and live accordingly. To act as if it were so because it is. This is the step of where we start renewing our mind and retraining our thinking and learning. What does it mean now that I am saved and now that I have been brought into this new kingdom? You know, you go to a new country, you got to learn some new laws, don't you? They all don't do the things the same way. Isn't that right? Some Miss Sister Brown been a lot of countries. I'm the blunt. A lot of countries. They missionaries. They go to a lot of different places. Some places, they're different. Some drive different than we do. This side of the lane. That side of the lane. Some are, you know, some just the, the speed limit is, is nothing. I mean, everything's different. Got to learn. You got to learn. When you're a new country, you got to learn how to work, uh, work according to that. Amen? And the sooner you learn how to do it, you can get around better. The sooner you learn... About the great kingdom of God that you are now part of. The sooner you can enjoy it in your home. In your heart. In your relationships. This is where we renew our minds. And we just give ourselves completely over to Christ. This is where we start to read that word. And agree with that word. If God says you're precious. You start thinking about yourself as being precious. Woo! If God says you're more than a conqueror. Guess what? You start calling. I am more than a conqueror. I cannot lie. Are you getting me? Some people struggling with this. I'm like, we're going to get to that. We're believing God's promise. We're living according to God's salvation and truth. And one of the keys to growing and maturing in our Christian walk. Again, we call it sanctification. That progressive growth. But here's a big key. Some people's understanding of sanctification is merely, now i got to learn the do's and the don'ts. That's old school, right? And that's true. You got to do, you do got to learn the do's and the don'ts, right? New citizenship, new kingdom. You know, some things you can do in one place, you can't do in the other. Isn't that right? So that's true. There's some do's, if you got saved, there's some things you don't do anymore, some places you don't go anymore. Not if you love Jesus. But, but, I, I, I got, we gotta, we gotta go beyond that. Because here, here is where the, the struggle for many Christians lie. And I want you to be able to take this home with you. I want you to use this. Chew on it. One of the most important things beyond the do's and the don'ts when it comes to sanctification is learning our new identity and how to walk, talk, think, and live according to a new nature and a new standing and a new kingdom and a new caregiver. You got a new caregiver now. His name is Jesus. It's accepting and believing what happened on that cross. It's accepting and believing that what God has said about you and what God has promised you will come to pass. You see, sometimes past neglects and past experiences, past hurts, past rejections can really mess with a person's mind. Can really hinder them from enjoying. They, they, they can be out Physically, but still not out. You mess with the person. Hinder them from enjoying and growing and experiencing. I'll never forget the story. It's kind of it's a sad story. But it has a point that hopefully it'll help us to take it into our lives and apply it. 
long time ago, 20, 25, 30 years ago. We had a dear friend of our family that got a call from social services and uh, asking if she would take in her nephew. Her, her brother had been estranged from the family. and He lived hours away and he had to do some jail time for, I don't know, drunk driving or something, something, something like that. And a little boy, a little five-year-old boy, he, he got stuck with the girlfriend. Well, one long before social services are calling, there's neglect, there's abuse, etc. Would you take him in? Of course she would. She was a wonderful, godly lady. Um, her husband was an engineer. She was successful in business. They had, they were generous and prosperous, so she took him in. She, of course she did. She, she, she had no idea that what was going on, but he was the black sheep, and he was, you know. She took him in, had to buy him all, you know, new clothes, didn't have any jet, pajamas, didn't have any of that stuff when you come out of those situations. And so about the first night, he's with his aunt. After she puts him to bed, about an hour later, she hears him scuttling around in the kitchen. And she goes in and she sees the little guy foraging through the refrigerator, putting food in his little new pajamas. And she goes, honey, what are you doing? Well, she found out he was taking food and hiding it because he wasn't sure there'd be any food in the morning. She took him out of a place of neglect and abuse into a place of plenty, of generosity and love, but, but, he's out physically, but emotionally and mentally. He, he was out, he was delivered from a place of, uh, of danger and neglect and of want. And now he's brought into a place that physically, it's a place of love and compassion, a plenty of generosity, a, a, a safe place. But his mind and his emotions had to catch up with his new place, his new standing, his new domain, his new caregiver. Got a new caregiver now. You don't go lacking when she's your caregiver. He had a new caregiver. Aunt, what you don't lack in her house. There's going to be plenty of love in her house. You don't, you don't get spanked for doing nothing in her house. You know, it's a safe place. Loving place. Generosity there. You know, abundance there. Peaceful there, you see. We are in a new kingdom. And now you and I are under a new dominion. And you know, sometimes, maybe you're battling a fear and insecurity. An anger, a feeling of unworthiness or unlove. Maybe you're struggling with trust. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves. I'm a new person now. I'm part of a new kingdom now. I'm under a new dominion now. I have a new caregiver now. I'm not in that old kingdom. I'm not under that old rule. I'm not under that old taskmaster anymore. And everything I did has been washed and forgotten. And I'm brought into a new kingdom. So somebody don't fear. Jesus won't walk out on you no matter who else walked out on you. you got a good caregiver now. Somebody don't fret. Jesus is a good shepherd. And there's no want when Jesus is your caregiver. Can you say amen? You don't ever, ever look at yourself the way you used to look at yourself, but you're not that old person anymore whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you're now a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're now a son and daughter of the living God. You are righteous. You are pure. You are precious. You are clean. You are holy in Jesus Christ. And your past sins he remembers no more. It's time for some believers to begin to understand and enjoy 
and walk in their new identity, their new standing, and their new status. Can you say amen to that? I want you to take that and apply it. And next time you find yourself feeling or thinking, and you know it's not in line with how a child of God should feel or think, stop yourself. See, sometimes you have to apprehend. It's called taking thoughts captive. Sometimes you have to apprehend emotions that haven't been sanctified yet. Thoughts that haven't been sanctified yet. And remind yourself, there's no need to think like that. I'm not that anymore. This is not that anymore. I'm in a new place. I've got a new promise. I can rest in that. Can you say amen? Christ, the divine Savior. We've looked at the fact he rescued us. He's translated us. Brought us into his kingdom. And now you and I need to learn how to live accordingly. Believing. Enjoying. And seeing ourselves as sons and daughters of God. Next week. Next week. Redeemed and forgiven. We're going to shout some more. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite mercy. His child forever. I am. Oh yeah. We're going to start with that. We're going to start with that this morning. Crown Him Lord of all. I want to close by giving God praise. For the great salvation he's given us. There is not a one of us that deserved it. But God's amazing grace. Chose us and rescued us and died for us. Isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? Isn't it wonderful to know God loved us that much? Amen. Oh, that's right. Give him a clap. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord. Oh, he took us out and he brought us in. Amen. I think about it. He didn't just have pity and bring us out. But he brought us home with him. Hallelujah. I know we all do nice things for people sometimes, but I don't want to come over to the house. good enough. I mean, but, but the Lord, isn't that right? He made us his own. He's not ashamed to call us his own. So we're going we're gonna to end by, we're going to sing that. We're going we're gonna to sing a nice song that just praises God for this great salvation. Amen. And if you need prayer for anything, we're here to pray for you. And if you find yourself struggling sometimes with the insecurity, inferiority, maybe you have a hard time trusting. I pray that you can take some of these thoughts and allow the Holy Spirit to help you overcome certain areas that still haven't broke through yet. That still haven't come into a full strength and victory yet. Because it's, it's how we see we're body, soul and spirit. There's three parts of us. You see, in that mind of that emotional man, you can get saved, but you still deal in, you know what I mean? It's not, sometimes that's not an overnight thing. Isn't it right? Don't look at me so sanctified. I know y'all. Amen. And sometimes I can be out, but in the mind and the emotion, I'm still not out. And God says, we want to change that. I want you to see what my word says about that. I want you to begin to believe what I say about that. Amen? Because I'm your caregiver. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. And I'll be there for you. You can always trust me. You can always rely on me. I'll always be there for you. Whew! Man. What did David say? Even if my mama and daddy forsake me, the Lord. The Lord. Wow. 
Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Amen. Go ahead, stand with me. We're going to close in prayer and then we're going to praise. And if you need prayer, please come. If you're here today and for any reason you haven't received Christ personally, maybe you're hearing about this great salvation, but you've never really said, Jesus, I want to serve you. I want to serve you. I'll give you my life. If you've never done that, please come down. Someone will pray with you. Maybe you're here today. And maybe you've been drifting, acting, acting like you belong to the old kingdom. And now we're supposed to act like the new kingdom. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Lord, I want to start walking like I'm supposed to walk. I want to walk as a proper citizen of the kingdom of heaven now. You did so much, Jesus. To rescue me from the past. To forgive me from all. Lord, I want to start walking with you like I should. So if you're here and you need to make a fresh dedication to the Lord. That's all right. He's a God of new beginnings. Fresh devotions are good things. They're healthy things. I'm going to pray and we're going to sing. And when we begin singing, if you need prayer for anything, you come. And you, we're going to believe God to touch you. We're going to believe God to work in you. Father, we thank you this morning that you've been so good to us. That you looked beyond our faults and you saw our needs. That you sent Jesus to die on that cross willingly and lovingly. To die on that cross vicariously for us as our substitute. To take our shame. To take our punishment. That we might be forgiven. That we might be set free. That we might be right before you. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for a great salvation. You've been so good to us. And Lord, even times maybe when we failed you. Even times maybe when we fell short. You didn't just disregard us. You didn't just say no more chances. You were there to compassionately pick us up and get us going again. Lord, I want to thank you. That not only did you rescue me. But you've walked with me all this time. You've kept me and you've helped me. And you've supported me. And your mercy and grace has just been so precious to me all these years. Lord, I don't know where I would be without your mercy and grace. Without your compassion. And your willingness to stand by my side. And help me in this walk. Now, Lord, we all love you. We are very thankful of all you've done. Receive our praise this morning. From the depths of our heart, Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you. From the depths of our heart, Lord, we just want to say thank you this morning. That you've been so good and you've done so much. Receive our praise and touch our hearts afresh. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, come on, let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. He's so good. Well, hallelujah.